Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to look at the first 16 verses. You'll see there, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Grannies eat pork chops. Between Galatians, eat pork, key, Philippians. Between Galatians and Ephesians, you'll find, you'll, you'll find <laughs> Ephesians. The title there is Unity in the Body of Christ. I'm going to call this Walking According to Our Calling. Walking According to Our Calling. Read with me. Therefore, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, Paul speaking, urge you, King James Version says, beseech you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all... Say all, all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Did you notice the goal there? Where was the goal? Verse 13. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's what we go, where our goal is. Walking according to our calling. I love walking. If you know me, I love walking. It's my me time. It's time when I can pray. It's the time when I can process. I try and walk at least three times a week. Um, if I go on holiday, I walk every day, all day if I can. 
Unfortunately, I almost did, but I didn't quite make my kids hate walking. My son used to have a, his my cell, his sing, you know that sound when 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 he was younger, when when I was calling was and she and they and you will walk 500 miles. So my kids knew I loved to walk. For our 25th anniversary, which was now nine years ago, Terry and I went to Clarence. We went we went for a walk. We decided we would do a walk in the Golden Gate Highlands. I don't know if you've been there, it's beautiful. They've got this gorgeous valley with these mountains. Now we're both fairly fit. We checked out the route, we made sure we knew where we were going. We had the little backpack with water and something to munch on. We had our hats and off we set up this mountain. And we went up and up and up and up and up and up and we got to the top, woohoo! And we knew by the map, we keep going, and then we will find, keep going along the top, and there will be a path to come down further on. So we walked, and we walked, and we walked. And the trail started getting less and less. You know, up to a certain point, it was a well-walked trail. Lots of people had been there. But as we went on, the trail was more and more indistinct. So we were like, okay, what do we do? We've been walking for quite a few hours. It's heck of a far to go back. There's, the map said there is a way down. We will keep on walking. And we kept on walking. And we kept on walking. And getting a bit like, ah, we're going to be stuck up here forever. <laughs> so eventually, at a reasonable place, which didn't have as many trees, but was heck of a, a steep, we slid down on our bottoms. Long way, bump, bump, pick, walk, walk, literally. But we got back, walking. Our goal was to conquer that mountain. And we did. How? We kept on walking. Our goal here in this, in this piece of scripture is to become fully mature Christians. How? We keep on walking. And in this portion of scripture, Paul gives us four ways in which to walk. But before I speak that, think of that first verse. He says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. What is that calling? That calling is salvation. We've been saved. Why are we saved? Because he first loved us. He first called us. And if I can say, anyone here who thinks, I don't really know what that's about. My prayer is that as you sit under his word, you will know the deep, deep love of God. That you will know, every single one of you, that he has either called you already and you've said, yes, here am I, or he's still saying, I'm calling, come, come. And that's my prayer that you will respond to his calling. So how do we walk? If we're on the mountain, so if I can put it as an analogy, becoming a Christian, you've got to get to the top of the mountain first. You've got to hear his call. You respond to the call of the love of Jesus, and you're on the mountain. When you're on the mountain, how do we walk? And I've got four things. One's a little bit of a cheat. In humility, in unity, individuality, and immaturity. So how do we walk? Isn't it interesting? Not interesting. It's just awesome. It's amazing. Our God is king. But when we 
we singing about today? Surrender. Another word for humility, being humble, is to surrender. I didn't liaise with the worship team. God liaised with Lainey and God liaised with Marion and the worship team. He is saying something today. Are you hearing him? In humility. Well, that mountain taught us humility. Maybe we're not as young as we used to be. Maybe we're not as good as finding trails as we used to be. I'm sure my brother will have a whole lot of things like tell me I should have done. But in this first few verses, Paul uses five great Christian words, which we know them, but I want to just, just expound them a little bit. And the first one is humility. Surrender. In the world today, do you agree with me that humility and surrender are actually pathetic traits? You're a wimp. You're cringing. You're cowering. You're all surrender and you're in humility. You must be bold. You must take the world. Take by storm. God calls us to surrender. God calls us to be humble. True humility sees my selfishness sees my sin according to the standard of Christ, not according to anybody else, and says, oh my, I am totally dependent on God. Even for the breath that I breathe, I am totally dependent on God. Are you, am I, walking in total dependence on God? Secondly, he speaks about gentleness. What's gentleness? It's when every instinct, every passion is God-controlled. A couple of weeks ago, Marlee spoke about having emotions. Jesus was angry. Jesus wept. But he was totally in control. He had emotions, but he was not emotional because his instinct and his passions were God-controlled. So gentleness is not all, you know, yes, sir, no, sir. Gentleness is sometimes being angry, but controlled. Weeping, being controlled, not letting it go to just my, you know, feeding my, my needs, my needs, my needs. Gentleness. Patience, patience. (laughs) We had to have patience on that mountain. We had to keep going. It would have done no good. I felt like it, sitting down saying, oh, this is not fair. We're stuck on this mountain. That map was wrong. What good would that have done? We had to have patience. It's never, ever admitting defeat because of Jesus. It's when we deal with people who are unpleasant, who are fools, and not getting irritated or frustrated because we are patient. In the traffic, the man in the taxi being patient. (laughs) Love. He says we should have love. We should walk with love. That's agape love. What is agape love? Agape love is seeing, wanting, working for the absolute highest best for everyone. No matter who they are, 
or what they are. So when I confront that teller at pick and pay who's so busy chatting to her friend and I'm standing and I need to get through, do I agape love her? <laughs> do I seek her absolute good? Because we're told to love our enemies. And fifthly, peace. Right relationships with all men. Yo, I mean, I could just stop there. There's so much to unpack in this piece of scripture. And our home groups, you've got lots of material to work from. But how's your walking? Oh, am I walking in humility? Am I walking in patience? Am I walking in gentleness? Am I walking in love? And am I walking in peace? Are we walking in that way? And then he says, and what we're doing here is we're adding on. Paul's giving us such a high, high, high bar to jump to. But he adds on, okay, and walk in unity. Isn't it lovely? Do you see in that verse? He says, eager to maintain the spirit, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit. When I've just listed those five things, I know I fail. I can't walk humbly. I yield patience. But it's not about me. It's walking in unity with the Spirit, surrendering and saying, okay, Lord, I feel like shouting. I feel like stamping my feet on the mountain. I feel like sitting down and crying, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me to have patience. Verse 4 to 6 then lists seven things that guarantee unity, what we have in common. We've got to guard these. We've got to keep these. We've got to let nothing change them. And the world, the religious world, the church, is undermining some of these. The first one there, we are one body. Notice the seven ones. Quickly, going, I want to go through them. One body. It is not a body for males and females. It's not a body for the rich or for the poor or for the slave or for the, uh, the, the, the employer. It's one body with Jesus Christ as the head, working together, one body, one spirit. The Greek word there for spirit is breath. Can mean breath or spirit. If a body, human body, has no breath in it, it is dead. Dead. When we become born again, we receive the Spirit of God. He makes us alive. But are we accessing Him? Are we filled with the Holy Spirit? Are we alive? Are we hearing Him? One Lord. Sorry, one hope. We have one hope. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. We have one hope that one day when I die, or he comes again, whichever comes first, I will have a resurrected body. You will have a resurrected body. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth. One hope. One Lord. One King. One Master. Not anyone else who can tell us what to do. One Lord. One faith. Someone said to me yesterday, People say, but you just got to have faith. They, all the other religions have faith too. True. But what do they have faith in? Idols. 
we have faith in Jesus Christ. And only only faith in Jesus Christ. The word tells us he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way to come to the Father. We have one faith. Churches today say it doesn't matter how you believe as long as you have faith. That's not what Paul says. There is only one faith. And we hold to that with all our might. One baptism. And I don't think Paul is necessarily meaning purely water baptism or baptism in the spirit. What does he mean? When we baptize someone, what do we do? We say we baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Are you living out? Are you making, am I making a public declaration in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Not just something we say in church, but something that I stand by, that I live by. And lastly, he says, one God and Father of all. One God and Father of all. And that beautiful bit of scripture which says he is over all, he is through all, and he is in all. We live in a God-created, God-controlled, God-sustained, God-filled world. We do. But look at that. We live in a God-created, God-filled, God-sustained, God-controlled world. Are you living in the belief of the one God and the one Father? Does your life, does my life reflect these seven things? That I am one body. I do not look down or above anyone else. One spirit accessing him. One baptism, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one God and Father. Are we walking in unity? We, if we're born again, have all of that in common. It's the same. Then in verse 7, individuality. How are we walking? Because Paul puts in a word there. Did you notice? He says, but. When Paul or anyone writes but, you can say, but why are you saying but? He says, but grace was given to each one of us. He's been talking about unity. He's been talking about how we got all the stuff in common. And now he says, but each one of us, according to the measure of Christ's give, we've been given. So grace is given in different measures to different people. Where does the grace come from? And he does an intriguing thing here. In verse 8, he quotes Psalm 68, verse 18, which hopefully you'll see. This verse in Psalm 68 says, You ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train, and receiving gifts among men. What is it talking about? If you go and read that whole psalm, it's talking about a conquering king. And in the picture is this king goes back. He, is, he comes to Jerusalem. It could be David. It could be Solomon. They come to Jerusalem. They ascend. Why? Because Jerusalem's on a hill. They ascend to, their, to the hill, and they bring with them their prisoners. They bring all the prisoners as a declaration of this is who has been conquered. This is who, where we have won the victory. 
And what happens with the king? The king then receives gifts. Oh, mighty king, we give you gifts. We give you gifts. But do you notice what Paul does? We're going to put them up together. Verse, verse 8, when Paul quotes this verse, he says, Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to them. He's quoting Psalm 68, which says the king receives gifts. Paul deliberately, he didn't make a mistake. He's saying he gave gifts. Why? Who is our king? Jesus. Jesus is the conqueror. Jesus ascended. He went to Jerusalem. He was put on a cross. He conquered once and for all death. He made the way once and for all for us to be connected with him. In the Old Testament covenant, or the Old Covenant in the Old Testament, the, the, the responsibility was to give gifts to the king. The incredible thing of the cross, the incredible gift of God in the new covenant is this conquering king gives gifts to us. Man, he gives gifts to us. And I want to take it even a step further. What gifts? Remember Paul's speaking here in Ephesians in the context of the church. What gifts does God give to the church? You and I. He gives us as gifts to the church. By his grace, he's equipped us in different ways. Justin plays the guitar. Anneli decorates and makes everything look beautiful. Reuben plays the drums. Trevor does all that finance stuff, and I could go on. He gives us gifts. For what? So I can say, look at me. Yoo, I am. Yeah, I've got this gift. No. He gives me gifts so I can give it back to the church. Remember last week, um, Steve was here. He spoke about community. He spoke about being in community. If you are not a church, and none of you fall into that category today because you're here. <laughs> if you're not in, in home group, what are you doing? What am I doing? Depriving the church of the gifts. Ouch. God has given us gifts, not for ourselves. He's given us these gifts for each other. We need to be generous. We need to be generous and giving with our gifts. So individuality. So we're walking. We're walking. We're walking in all those really hard words. Humility and patience and love and peace and gentleness. We're walking in unity, arm in arm with each other. Because we have so much in common. And we are giving of ourselves to the body to his body, to his church, so that the church, why? So that the church may, what, what's our goal in this walk? Maturity, maturity. So the last one, we're, we're walking in maturity. In verse 11, he says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers. 
I'm not going to go in today. I could. There's, could you could preach 100 preachers from this piece of scripture. But if you don't know what each of those are, please ask your home group leader or come and ask me afterwards if you think, but I don't know what that is. He gives them. He just gave a great, great evangelist has just gone to be with his father. Billy Graham. I don't know how many of you saw some of the programs. What a gift to the body. The church. Billy Graham could have sat at home. Billy Graham could have said, well, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just, I'm so busy and I've got to earn money for my family and I need to see my kids and I need to be mum with my wife and I don't feel like traveling all the time. He could have kept his gift for himself. He didn't. He went out and he spread the gospel to hundreds and hundreds of thousands and there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands in heaven today because of Billy Graham. Are we giving our gifts? So why does he give us apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers? Verse 12 tells us to equip the saints. What? To equip the saints. Who's the saints? Us. For the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, to make us more mature. So these office bearers, like Billy Graham, their responsibility is to use their gift for the body of Christ to educate the body of Christ, to challenge the body of Christ. Steve coming last weekend, do you think it was convenient? His boy plays cricket on a Saturday. He comes to us. He, he, Jackie, his wife, stays at home. It's not convenient. How many, I don't know how, but who wasn't here last week? That man gave of his apostolic gift. Were you here to receive it? Yeah, guys, the body is, the, the, those, those, those people are there to equip. I believe God, I'm a teacher. You're here today because I want to give of my gift. No point teaching, sitting, talking to myself in the mirror. Until when? When can I stop being a teacher? Next week, because I'm really tired i got so much to do. No, until when? Verse 13, until we all, who? All attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. When do we stop? Never. There's no retirement in the Bible. Sorry for you. There is no retirement. Oh, but I can't go to church on Sunday. Ah, oh, that's a tough week. And da, 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 da. We make all the stupid excuses. And they are stupid. I know I'm not supposed to say that word, but it's stupid. <laughs> Stop making excuses. Be in church. Give of your gift so that I don't lose out because you're not bringing your gifts so that I can grow more. We can all teach each other. Little bit about maturity. Verse, and again, I'm going to just touch on them. So there's lots to go into. The rest of the chapters do pull this out as well. Verse 15 talks about speaking the truth. Just speaking the truth. Hey, you haven't been to church, you wicked, horrible people. 
if you do not come to church, I will be getting you. I know I've got your name and number. No. Speaking the truth in love. In love. Why should you come to church? Because it's good for us. It's good for you. It's good for us. It's what God tells us to do. But I, we speak the truth in love. And hopefully, you're getting me in love. Each part is working properly. I'm using words from, from this piece of scripture. Each part is working properly. What does that mean? Do you, am I obeying quickly? Yeah, I don't want to do that, God. I'll surrender this bit and this bit, but not that bit. Uh-uh, that's mine. You can't have that bit. Are we obeying him quickly? That's why we raise up our children. That's why we teach our children to obey. Because so when they hear God, it's not no. Some kids know the more you pester and the longer you pester, mom will eventually say yes when she's been saying no, no, no. So we teach, we teach our kids to say to God, we just keep on pestering him until he actually doesn't, just doesn't tell us anymore. That's scary. Obey quickly. Verse that Ephesians 4 is quite interesting. It could, this all could come across as it's got a what I do and what I do. And I hope, I hope I haven't come across like that. It's by the Spirit. It's walking in accordance with the Spirit. It's softening my heart. It's hearing Him. And it's Christ through His people, through His prophets, through His evangelists, through us that makes the body grow. If you look carefully at that verse, um, Verse 16, it says, from whom, you can't see it, the bowl. Okay, I'm gonna, if, if you look at it there, so it goes, from whom, who's whom, who's whom? Jesus. From whom the whole body, and then he gives some conditions, makes the body grow. Who makes, so there's the stuff that we're doing in between, it's like a sandwich. Who's making the body grow? Jesus, from whom Jesus, the whole body, the church, drop, 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 makes the body grow. Jesus makes the body grow. What have I got to do? Are we held together? I think those prophets, evangelists help us to hold together. Every joint which is equipped when each part is working properly. So Jesus, are you getting it? Jesus makes the body grow. But I have a responsibility. I have to work properly. I have to avail myself to the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers. He, then he makes the body grow. Yeah. I think that's all I need to say. So, how are we walking? Audit yourself. It's always good to audit. Audit yourself with the Holy Spirit. Because we often don't like to see the little, you know, the bits that we rather not see. Am I walking with humility? Am I surrendering to Him? Is there gentleness? Is there patience? Is there love? Is there peace? 
only when I'm walking with the Spirit, in unity of the Spirit, will those come about. Do I, God, do I fiercely protect the truth of who we are as Christians? And do not deviate. No, there is one faith, Jesus. You cannot get to the Father any other way. One faith. I have, by his grace, he's given me and you, and you. Can I, if I could, again, he's given you, must say, I haven't got any gifts. If you say you haven't got any gifts, you're telling God he's a liar. He gives every single one of us gifts. Why? For the body. So we can bless each other. Individuality, what he's given us. And in maturity. There's another verse, I, when I was thinking about the title, it was, you know, walking according, to, walking according to the calling, walking according to the way God's called me, or walking in step with the Spirit. So that all these things improve in me. When will I reach maturity? Oh, did it a week ago. I've been on this earth quite a long time. I've been a Christian for, I don't know, far too long, since I was 13. So we're sort of talking, I don't know, 40 odd years. I haven't attained it. But boy, do I want to. I want to keep on changing. I want to be more an effective tool in his hands so that he can get the glory, so people get saved, so they go to heaven, that their life is radically changed. I want that. Do you want that? Or is other things more important? And as I was thinking, God gave me that example. He reminded me of that trek up the mountain. And I thought of something. I don't know who this is for or for people who this is for. You're on the mountain. Yeah, you're working at the stuff. But for you, the trail has become indistinct. You're losing your way. You can't see the path. Keep on walking. Take that. Keep on walking. He never condemns. He never rejects me because I'm so impatient at times. He's always saying, come, Lainey, come. Lean on me. Learn of me. I've given you the map. You've got the Bible. Pick up all these supplies. Pick them up. But keep on walking. Our destination is maturity. When we see him, face to face. And as Billy's heard in this last week, well done, good and faithful servant. You've walked with me. And remember how I started this morning. Why? Why? We live in a disconnected world. Disconnected from God. Disconnected from each other. And we the church, you and me, nobody else. Don't look to the right or the left. Look at yourself. You 
me are called to help bring God's solution of Jesus Christ to a disconnected world. Put your walking boots on and keep on walking. Can I pray for us? Holy God, you have the master plan. Jesus, when I look at this world sometimes, I can think, where's God? Oh, Lord, but you are here. You are in control. And no matter what my circumstances might be or what the world's circumstances might be or how shocking it might look, you are in control. And Lord Jesus, we want to walk in your plan. We want to bring others walking on this mountain with us. Oh God, all those things that you've mentioned in this piece of scripture, we surrender. We surrender. Holy Spirit, help us. We surrender to your prompting. We surrender to obey quickly. We surrender to listening to your voice more often than we listen to our own. And Jesus, I pray for anyone here today, for two people, two groups of people specifically, anyone who's not on the mountain, who hasn't received their personal plan from God, and it's there, it's waiting, and you're calling, and you're saying, come, come, I love you, come, come and know me, I know you, come and know me by believing in the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. I pray today that you will speak to someone and pick up the plan and get on your mountain, get on the mountain of God. And for that other section of people, possibly Lord God, who feel, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm born again, but ah, I don't know where I'm going. I can't see a plan in this. I can't even see the path. Jesus, give them the courage to keep on walking. And for all of us, Jesus, we, we surrender. We surrender. Thank you for this time together in your precious and holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen.